Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us in this podcast series for Integrative Arts and Humanities Course 241E, Social Dance, History, and Contemporary Reflections. Today's podcast, we will be speaking with Janice Bryn for the module Dance Across Cultures. Janice, through MSU Extension, has created a 30-year program linking K-12 and educators across Michigan and beyond with arts programs and students across China. She's a wonderful human being, and she's also giving us a toolkit for how we can create and perform our own Chinese ribbon dance. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Okay, we are here with Janice Brin, MSU Extension Educator in Children and Youth Institute, also 4-H Global and Cultural Programming, as well as the point person for visual and performing arts. She focuses on 4-H leadership, civic engagement, academic success, and she has authored what seems like hundreds of articles, papers, and more, and really just a fabulous resource for us here, especially for this class. So thank you so much for being here with us, Janice. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Well, we're excited to have you. Um, so this module that we're working on for this class in social dance is focused primarily on um, opening up to more global perspectives and global understandings of social dance and folk dance and things like that. And um, one of the things that um, you have been working on and researching over the past 30 some years, I think, has been working with Chinese ribbon dance. Can you tell us more about what Chinese ribbon dance is? Yes, gladly. So in uh, 4-H, I um, am the coordinator for the Michigan China Art Exchange. And this includes the China programming, which um, also includes the uh, Chinese ribbon dance. And 30 years ago in 1988, um, a dance troupe actually came to Michigan and um, they performed to over 25,000 youth doing uh, various uh, dances. And this included the um, Chinese ribbon dance. And we also, we do actually still have available. It's very uh, special and can only be checked out, but a dance kit that includes the ribbon dance sticks, the gong, uh, the music, and the costumes in doing the uh, ribbon dance. And um, so it resembles the uh, very old Chinese long silk dance. And um, this is a rhythmic dance routine and it requires a ribbon and it's constantly be in motion. And it, it really requires a high degree of coordination to form the spirals and circles. And it would um, be very similar to what you see at the football games with the, the flag presentations, uh, the flag girls. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and maybe at the Olympics, you saw the Chinese performance with ribbon dance during the, uh, I think it was the opening of the Olympics that they did did a routine. Oh, the 2008 Beijing? Yes, yes. 
Oh, that was one of the most beautiful opening ceremonies I've ever seen in my life. That was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, um, how, so it has, so the main difference you're saying here is that the silk, well, would you say this is the sleeve? Um, it, it's a ribbon. So there is the silk scarf dance, but the ribbon okay. dance is done with um, ribbons, silk ribbons, preferably. Uh, when I teach this, of course, with um, young children, um, you can get a, a ribbon stick from the dollar store, uh, or you right. can even make your own. So it doesn't have to be silk and, and beautiful, but that's the with the culture. And because um, this these dances were performed more than 2000 years ago uh, for some wow. of the great workers of China. And what I had heard with the history and how this came about is one of the emperors was having a dream that an assassin was going to kill him. And when he held up one of the, the silk um, uh, sheets, or it was his robe, um, the assassin could not kill him. It wouldn't go through the silk. And so that's where um, they say that it, this dance originated. Uh, over 2000. Oh, really? So that's something to kind of look into because it's it's very very interesting. These dances with their the the long flowing costumes and the graceful move, movements, um, they say the length of the scarf or the ribbon can be interpreted to mean long life, which is a quality that these emperors or or a mortal would really like. So yeah, that would be oh, no really interesting. So, um, so is there must there must be some sort of relation between the history of Chinese ribbon dance and how it was kind of you know morphed and changed so that you can imagine it some two thousand years ago, but then also you can see it now at at sporting events in the twenty first century. And I, it, it's in, in the Olympics, you know talking back on the Olympics, it's actually uh, a gymnastic sport. Um, that's right. They, they might might use a, a hoop, a ball, um, rope, um, or, or the ribbon, the traditional ribbon. Wow. So it was, um, I think in 1984 that it became an Olympic sport. Oh, okay, wow. That's fascinating. So, I think you've kind of already answered this, but um, you know a lot of the the dances that we've been studying in this class and throughout time, you know they kind of they kind of seem to stem from different categories. So, for example, a lot of a lot of dances throughout time have to do with life events. Like this is a dance that we always do at a wedding, or this is the one that we might do um, at a funeral, or um, you know, uh, harvest. It's, am I right in assuming that this is more done for royalty and in kind of more of a, a higher class scenario as far as like back when it started? Yes, yes, I would totally agree with that. Yeah, it was done for the emperors in, okay. uh, in China. Yeah. So in a sense, it was almost pure, pure entertainment. 
Yes. Wonderful. For those listeners out there for this podcast who um, have never heard of this before, how would you explain how, what it what it looks like and what it might sound like music and 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 imagery okay cuz it's very it's it, you you've got the gongs which uh-huh. um would start the dance the hitting of the gong and then um the music is just so light and flowing just like with the scarves as you're as they're being twirled and and spun around um with the gongs then the dancers know when to change the music movement so we're going to play a piece of music here that you've had ever since the beginning of of your work with this to get involved with this today what where would you suggest that i might might go to start beginning my own kind of process and research into this because i think what you said is um you know before when we were talking is like it's important for us to you know do our own research rather than just immediately find something right off the bat on the internet so what are ways that you think um students in this class could possibly dig a little deeper well, um, there are some great resources already on, on campus. So I would recommend um, talking to the um, Asian Studies Department, and they may have an individual uh, from China that um, you could speak with, or they may have uh, many materials and resources right there in the international department. Um, There is a MSU Confucius Institute, um, which actually I have had discussions with the Confucius Institute on possibly having a dance troupe from China come back to Michigan again, like they had 30 years ago, and perform and do all their beautiful dances, which also includes the Chinese ribbon dance. There's the panda dance, band dance, um, and I know we've had some beautiful performances actually held on on campus. Um, so yes, the Asian Studies Center, the uh, International Studies programs at the International Stu- Center, Confucius Institute, um, doing your own. If if you Google. Uh, there's tons of information out there, but just make sure it's it's research based, and um, that's all I can think of right now, off the top of my head. <laughs> well, and and uh, you were also generous enough to to help uh, us um, perhaps create our own version of uh, you know an at home version of this of this ribbon and also show a couple possible movements. And I think that might be the perfect way for them to actually get a kinesthetic uh, version of, of our conversation now. Um, so uh, 
can you kind of explain briefly what that uh, what they might see when I link them to uh, um, the PowerPoint you were mentioning? Yes, yes. So um, I teach the Chinese ribbon dance to uh, K through 12 youth and also the educators that work with them. And so I have this PowerPoint and it includes the music and um, the dance uh, um, patterns. So you will learn seven different patterns to do with your ribbon dance stick. And I will also, since um, everybody's at home, <laughs> uh, how you can make your own ribbon dance stick. And um, so I have very cheap instructions on stuff, materials you can maybe find around your house, or you can go to the dollar store and buy one of the ribbon dance sticks at the dollar store. And um, I did teach this also to a, a classroom in Poland. And those students just went and got some uh, silk material. And they came up with their own uh, Chinese silk ribbon dance performance and performed uh, for the entire school. And they sent me a, a video of that. And I will gladly share that. That's really wonderful. I, I can't wait for the students to see that. And I think this is going to be the perfect way for us to transition into, you know, into how we can, how we can actually feel it on our own bodies and experience it that way. Because what a, what a great way to actually kind of embody the information that you've been giving us uh, so far. Yeah. Um, well, um, to add to that, it's really good uh, for your emotional and your physical being right now during the dance. Um, and um, I, uh, there's a saying that I really, really enjoy. It's, um, while I dance, I cannot judge. I cannot hate. I cannot separate myself from life. I can only be joyful and whole. This is why I dance. Pass, pass. Mm. I love that. Yeah, that is so, so beautiful and it's so true because when you're inside of something like that when you're really focusing on on the body and the music it's hard to let anything else kind of come into your into your brain mm -hmm. that's really wonderful well that's a great transition into um how do you see dance as a way to kind of be a tool for either for change or for empowerment or for health at all and i think you kind of answered it there but if you do you have any other any other thoughts how dance can dance can be um, a positive force in our lives oh well well there's the personal emotional and physical support of dance but um an individual or a group can also use dance to relay a message um uh, I, I've had kids that have created dances to show diversity um, that we're all in this together, um, that dance is, is global. And um, so they can use it to send a message, send a message of joyfulness and um, supporting that that um, diversity and 
that um, connectedness that we have. I uh, work with youth and they say youth are our future. I say youth are our future now. And I want to um, spark their interest in as many areas as I can, provide that global awareness, um, and you and others can help with that. And um, dance is a wonderful way for, um, for that expression, uh, for that emotional health, for that physical health, and, um, and also just sharing and, and making others feel really good. Um, so the ribbon dance was for the emperors. Well, everybody is our emperor now, and um, mm. if we can dance for them, I think it's awesome. I love that sentiment. I think that's um, right in line with, with uh, how we can discuss something that's thousands of years old and feel like it still can have an impact on us in the summer of 2020, which is, you know, quite a turbulent time that we live in. Um, so thank you for that sentiment. Um, that's wonderful. The views, information, and opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not reflect official entities of Michigan State University. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform students enrolled in IAH 241E Social Dance History and Contemporary Reflections course.